2: Stand by for an urgent bulletin.
0: This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz.
2: Uh, who's better at this job of radio?
0: You shut your mouth when you're
3: talking to me.
2: Jeff Lutz.
3: Really good to great, you know, depending on the day. Wow! Hey! Isn't that
0: exciting? 97.5 in 1240 KFH. It's showtime, baby! You'll go wacko, bananas, nuts, crazy, unbelievable!
2: All right, welcome back. Hour number two, the Bob and Jeff Show, KFH Radio. I mentioned uh, earlier that the AP had released its preseason All-America team. That team does include Cooper Beebe from Kansas State as an offensive guard. Uh, So congratulations to him. We are efforting to get him on this show tomorrow. Hmm. Well, that would be awesome if that happened. Well, all we can do is make the I'll effort. Keep, I'll keep trying. I'll let you know how that goes. You don't do anything. You sit around and uh, collect your paycheck. Meanwhile, I'm turning over every stone I can find out Well
3: there. good luck to you. Well, thank you. I don't know why you consider that some great skill. I could probably do it much more efficiently than you ever could, but it's all good. Really?
2: Probably. You think you could? Probably. Well, I, what makes you think that? I don't know. I'm just good at finding people. I have no trouble finding people. Well, then keep it up. You are doing a great job. Well, yeah, sounds I mean, like, I am doing a great job. Sounds like you don't need me at
3: all. Well,
2: if Tony Doosing heard those words, uh, maybe he can get some wheels turning.
3: Well, go for it. You want to do this show solo and bore Wichita to tears every day? Then I've
2: got a couple uh, permanent guest hosts in mind.
3: Permanent guest hosts—that doesn't make any sense.
2: Permanent co-hosts, like who? I'm not
3: going to tell you. Just I don't want to. I don't want to divulge well, I'm that. I'm sure uh, people will be thrilled to hear that you're trying to kick your own son out. <laughs> that's probably going to make a lot of people real happy.
2: You know, I've gotten to the point now in life where that—that's so not a, something I think about. What is it? making people happy? Even your own family. Like my you have, wife, so,
3: you have so little of it. My wife. Not? Certainly. So that's the only person. Misty. That's not a person.
2: Oh, I I, I think you'll, if you think closely, if you think um, more about that, you might decide. Probably not.
3: She's certainly a member of your family, but she is not a human being. She seems being.
2: like a person.
3: Well, we all feel that way about our pets. You feel that
2: way about your cat, Of course.
3: And they sleep in bed with us, they cuddle up, they interact with us.
2: All four of them get up, well, we know seven doesn't get up. Seven's outside. So if the four get up in the bed with you. Sometimes. Usually it's not
3: all four, but it's not not, uh, unprecedented for that to happen.
2: Uh, No surprise, the preseason All-American quarterback, Caleb Williams, I would put him, I don't know what the odds are. He's got to be good odds. Is he even odds to win the Heisman? No,
3: because we get voter fatigue and... People don't like voting for the same person twice. Tim Tebow probably would have won it twice if. Uh, it's all narrative. It's all that's all the Heisman has become. Uh, is who's kind of the best story? Who's someone who hasn't won it yet? Who might deserve it? It's it's never it's never merit based completely. So there's always something brewing behind those scenes, and I don't care for it.
2: Your uh, Ohio State University has two of the three. Preseason All-America wide receivers. Marvin Harrison, Jr., and Mika Egbuka. Uh, are their All-America preseason receivers?
3: Well, we know which are Ohio State. I was about to say Wichita State. Ohio State has never uh, failed to produce big-time wide receivers. Jackson Smith and the Jigba, their le- latest uh, high draft pick into the NFL, and now a couple more followed on that path.
2: We'll see. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the start of the season. Still going to obviously pay attention to baseball, although with our teams in there.
3: Hey, we got Eric Haas. We picked up Eric Eric Haas today. Eric Haas. Haas, I believe his
2: pal. Pronounce me a – give me an idea who that is.
3: He had uh, 36 home runs the previous two seasons. Kind of been banged up a little bit this year. Uh, Just a guy, right-handed hitter, is going to hit – Maybe some left-handed pitching, uh, some pop in the bat, above-average uh, offensive lines the last couple of years, and Guardians are going to give him a shot and see what he can do.
2: <laughs> oh, that's he hilarious! Two home runs in ninety games two years ago. Yeah, he, he had a little pop, didn't he? As yeah. a twenty-eight-year-old with the Tigers, uh, strikes out a lot uh batting average not much to speak of he'll fit in perfectly well, with the cleveland you know, guardians it's... who never hit home runs you you could bring babe ruth to cleveland
1: probably and he'd pop
2: about 11 homers well that's 11 more than we have now so we'd welcome that with o-
3: open arms just a, a horrid why is that? Ball club. Why is it like that? Why does Why does Josh Bell go to Miami and hit seven home runs? Why does Because Ahmed, it's
2: a new lease on life. Why
3: does a Rosario go to
2: because LA he saw and, the sun for the first time in about three months. It's hot in Cleveland. Uh, a med bad for you, man. Three home runs right away with the Dodgers. Well, he's a decent player, and you get into that culture, uh, and you he's feel still not hitting all that well. Let's
3: not go crazy. But he has you're the hit one a,
2: who brought him up. he has
3: hit a few homer. I'm talking about the the home run aspect of it. He had three with Cleveland in more than half the season. He goes two weeks in in l a and has three homers.
2: He's only hitting two thirty seven uh with the Dodgers, but you know decent guy and it, meanwhile we get Ramon Laureano, Colt Calhoun,
3: and now Eric Haas who are all murderers, terrible. row. Cole Calhoun's been fine.
2: I mean, is that someone you want to hit your wagon to?
3: No, but he's been fine.
2: Meanwhile, I always feel the need to mention Kansas City because they need equal time, especially when you talk about Cleveland, a team no one in this area cares about. I saw a lady
3: with a Cleveland 3 stickers on her back windshield.
2: Really? All Guardians. Really?
3: Yes. Just driving around? Yeah, I was over in 13th and Rock area. Well, good for her. It was nice. I was thrilled to see it.
2: But uh, nobody's been better since the All-Star break than Bobby Witt Jr. He's becoming what everybody thought he was going to be, and it's happening quickly. And uh, that's somebody now that, if you're a Royals fan, you're 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 still terrible. Uh, but but at least you know you have that piece of the puzzle, because there was a time in the first half of the season that you're thinking to yourself. I'm pretty sure Bobby Witt's going to be really good, but I need to see it. Well, now we're seeing it. Yeah, and they've made uh,
3: some trades, a couple of which have provided immediate dividends. They got the Cole Reagans kid from uh, Texas who's been pretty good. They got the guy from the Cubs. I can't remember his name, but uh, put him in the outfield, and he's done okay. So, you know,
2: again, I don't Last know if these 10. are. who will trick you because he's bulked up. He can hit the ball a long way, but if you rely on him, that's a 211 hitter with 20 homers, 55 RBIs, and an OPS of about 708. There's nothing there. Trust me. Well,
3: empty power is still power, and the Royals can use some of it. I don't know if they'll rely on him or for when they get everybody back, he'll hit seventh. And, you know, they could piece together an okay lineup if Drew Waters. No, I mean they got some pieces. Hands out, Michael
2: Garcia. Who am I to knock anybody? I mean, I I got my own issues. We all do. Lineup, pitching. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the the Cardinals are. Fa- I'll, I'll tell you what. They're more fascinating than they've been in a long time, simply because. Well, that doesn't make any sense. They're not good. They're fascinating because it's going to be interesting to see what they do, because the fan base in St. Louis. I don't want to sound like we're above everybody, but we we don't tolerate this stuff.
3: Well, isn't it fascinating
2: to do things instead of see what you're going to do? Revenues are down. The, the ballpark was, uh, man, more than half empty over the weekend. Now, the heat has something to do with that. Ballpark Village, which is a Cardinals enterprise, their owners built it. Uh, revenues are down significantly uh so a lot of their financial stream of money is tied to all that and they are almost being forced now to go out and do something meaningful well yeah they should it's kind of i don't know how you do it well you're gonna have to
3: spend money i don't know what they have we don't know what's within the coffers so to speak uh they have trade pieces that they could utilize I don't know.
2: I don't. I'm just spitballing. I don't know. They got to make a. They got to make a big trade. Well, and you say that every year. No, but they do. They ha- they can't go out and sign three free agent pitchers, right? You need a number one, a number two, and a number four or five. Well, I mean, just that's do, expensive stuff. Let's
3: just do Bieber for Victor Scott we don't right now. And...
2: we're not trading you, Victor Scott. Uh, we'll trade you uh, Dylan Carlson, pass Tyler O'Neill. We don't want your scrap heap guy. And uh, and uh, Cesar Prieto. We don't need your scrap heap. How about Sagacy? Sagacy.
3: <laughs> How about trading him? Eh, maybe. We, we have plenty of middle infielders. Man, infields. that guy can hit.
2: He can hit. I mean, he scorched the ball. Yeah, that home run he hit was absolutely mashed. So I'm a, I'm a little excited about him, as I said earlier. Uh, Victor Scott, that guy, Mason Wynn. I think I think Mason Wynn's going to be a star. It's, it's going to take him a while. Major League pitching is a different animal. That's what I tried to tell you last week, and you yelled at me. Oh, please. You don't think I know that? Well, I, you sh- I thought you did, and then you uh, tricked me a little bit. You know, you go down and watch the wind surge, and yeah, those guys are throwing hard, but they don't have the command. Uh, that a big league pitcher has, especially one that's been around an experienced pitcher. Um, the Cardinals are go- are going with uh, one of the guys they acquired in the Jack Flaherty trade tonight. I don't know how that's that. that? Go. Drew Rom is the youngster's well, name. good luck. Well, I'm nervous to heck for him. Well, who knows? It's just uh, you know, go out and pitch. It's what you've been doing your
3: whole life, Drew Rom. Well, I
2: hope it. I hope it goes well. Of course. I mean, I I I'm I'm going to be uh going to be
3: nervous for him. I hope Noah Cindergard shoves it against his former team the LA Dodgers.
2: You're going to get you're going to get so badly beaten by it, the Dodgers. It's not
3: going to be pretty. Probably won't uh watch that one too intently. Why is that? Cause I don't want to see us get just demolished. It's not well, fun.
2: Where is that game? Is that Cleveland? No, the poor Dodgers are in Cleveland. Yeah. Well, that might uh, depress them for a game or two.
3: I don't know why you think Cleveland's such a bad
2: city. Why have I? I when are you going to get over me doing that?
3: Well, it's just dumb.
2: I like Cleveland. St. I've Louis been there a couple. It's not times. like it's some mecca. I've I mean, been it's... to Cleveland. I, I understand Cleveland. Uh, the the last time I was there, uh, they were getting ready for the Republican National Convention, or was it the Democratic? National? I can't remember, but one of those, and uh, it was a mess. But that's okay. It's just snowy. It's just cold. Yeah, there was potholes. There's potholes everywhere. It's a big city.
3: I mean, I mean when you, you think when I go to when New you York... you
2: go through four rental cars on one trip... You think you know, when I you, go to
3: New York, there's not going to be potholes? Well, I
2: hope you don't drive in New York. We're not. If you do, you're a fool. We're not doing that. How are so you I'm getting just, to New
3: York? We're taking the train in.
2: Have you got it figured out? No,
3: but we'll be with uh, someone who has knowledge.
2: We'll see how that goes. Oh, and then after after the show will be Oh, I wish we had a video. How we got how am I even going oh, That will be no, I don't I'll know still, how you'll I'll do. I'll still
3: it. have help. Who? People. People who
2: live there. Oh, good luck with that. Family. Hey, bud, how do I get out of here? Family. Family. You got family going to the game or the, the no, concert? No, but uh, they'll hang around. They're going to be in New York while you're going to the show? Yeah. At night, I don't know. Or do you two? Do you guys think about anything? Yeah,
3: we think about stuff all the time. So they're going to be hanging out. What's wrong in, with being in New York at night? I'll be in New York at night.
2: They're going to be hang. Where are they going to be hanging out?
3: Uh, Times Square. I don't know. Times
2: Square at night. Who knows? This Central is almost Park. as bad as taking the, the East campus. River. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel. I feel like you. You haven't Brooklyn given Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, I feel like you haven't given this much thought. Given it tons of thought. We'll take a break and when we come back, we will talk Cincinnati football as we preview the Big 12. Yeah, it takes some time to get uh, to wrap your head around that, Cincinnati and the Big 12. Justin Williams will be our guest. He covers the Bearcats for the Athletic and he is next
0: If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame.
2: Two more. more.
0: You deserve this ice cold reward. Madela, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: All right, we are back. Ups and Downs, the musical theme. That's till Tuesday, coming up close, the name of the tune. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we will preview Houston and West Virginia as part of our Big 12 football previews. Right now, we're going to get to the Cincinnati Bearcats. Their beat writer from The Athletic, Justin Williams, joins the show. Hello, Justin. Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, Good. Thank you. Thank you for being on. This is is going to be an interesting year for Cincinnati, a new head coach, a new conference. Uh, How excited are the folks there about all of this?
1: Yeah, I mean there's there's definitely gonna be some some challenges and, and probably a learning curve. You know, one just because of the, the step up in, in competition from the American to uh to the Big Twelve and then obviously the transition from, from Luke Fickle who you know took that program to new heights to uh to first year head coach Scott Satterfield. So, you know, there's fans are definitely, I think, prepared and expecting that. But, you know, definitely more so excitement because this is a program that, you know, was in the old big east. Uh, went to -to back-to-back BCS Bowls under Brian Kelly in 2008-2009, was really competing at the top of the sport, and then kind of got left out in the realignment wilderness and the old Big East fell apart and it turned into the American. And, you know, the the program and the fan base has been fighting and clawing to get back to that power conference safe haven for the past decade plus. And so even if it comes with, you know, maybe having to take your lumps on the field a little bit in the first couple years, uh, you know, this fan base's program is just excited to be back on that power conference level.
3: How, how difficult is it? We talk all the time about, you know, when, when coaches change jobs, they can just hit the transfer portal immediately and, and improve right away. But I think the other side of that coin is, well, you don't really know maybe what the weaknesses were of that team. You're kind of recruiting on the fly. You don't have a whole lot of time uh, to get to know players on a, on a personal level or, or as as players necessarily. So how difficult is it and can it prove to be for a guy like uh, Satterfield to come in uh, in year one and kind of be expected? to, you know, kind of re- continue what Cincinnati has had going.
1: Yeah, you know, it's definitely a challenge, and you're right. You know, a big part of that is the expectations that have been set with what Luke Fickle was able to do there. You know, I almost think it's they were so good for a couple seasons, it's almost underrated the fact that, you know, the Bearcats made the four-team college football playoff as a group of five team, you know, that just like it seems the farther we get away from it, kind of the more surprised and impressed I am by their ability to do that. And so those are kind of that's the expectations that Scott Siderfield takes this job with. And that's going to be tough to live up to. Uh, but it comes with, you know, renewed excitement in the fan base, obviously an increase in, in revenue and resources heading into a power conference. So he he's had to plug a lot of holes in short order. They lost some players at the transfer portal. Their their, you know 2023 recruiting class kind of fell apart a little bit when Luke Fickle left and went to Wisconsin. Um, But I give Scott Satterfield credit in terms of being able to plug those holes, and he's brought in I think almost two dozen. Um, new players in terms of transfers and recruits and things like that, a lot of them who are going to be key contributors. Uh, I'm curious to see how that looks on the field. I think depth might be an issue here in year one. Um, But, again, I think fans understand they're they're fighting a little bit of an uphill battle because of all the turnover with players and culture and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But I think Scott Satterfield's done about as well as he could in a short time period, and I think he's done that without kind of losing the long-term view of, of how he wants to build this program moving forward into the Big 12.
2: Talking Cincinnati football with uh, Justin Williams from The Athletic. Uh, boy, the offense is jumbled. There's a lot of new faces on offense. A lot of The transfer portal, as you alluded to, was very active. But this team still looks like it's going to have a really good defense anchored by uh, Dante Corleone, who was uh, named today a first-team preseason All-American. How good can the defense be, and how how much can it keep them keep them around things until that offense figures things out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it should be the strength of this team, the defense, and and it's going to have to be. Uh, You know, they bring a number of starters back and contributors back on the defensive side. You mentioned Corleone. Uh, Up front with him is Juwan Briggs, who was a first-team All-AAC selection last year. They have some more depth and veteran talent up there with guys like Malik Van, Eric Phillips. Deshaun Pace, he's the younger brother of Ivan Pace, who was a unanimous All-American last year at Cincinnati. Um, Deshaun actually played on that playoff team. He was a starter on the playoff team back in 2021. Ivan, his older brother, kind of stole some of the shine last year, but he's looked really good you know, here in in spring and fall camp, I think he's going to be a big time player for him. And then they brought in you know Jordan Young, who's a transfer from Florida, who, who looks like he's going to you know man one of the corner positions. Uh, Dorian Jones, a Louisville transfer who followed Scott Satterfield, you know, over in the in the transfer portal, he's going to be a starter for them. So you know, they have some returning pieces, some really talented newcomers, uh, and that that should be a unit that. You know, has a chance to be really talented and really strong, Brian Brown, who was defensive coordinator under Satterfield at Louisville, he came with them to Cincinnati as well. They led the country in sacks last year. And as you mentioned, like, they're going to need a repeat of that. They're, they're going to need to have a disruptive defense. There's only one returning starter on the defensive side, and it's the center, Gavin Gearhart. Now, center's an important position, obviously, but that is a completely new look, completely turned over unit. And I think they brought in some some valuable pieces, which we can talk about and get into, but you are absolutely right, that if this team is going to, you know, maybe surprise some people and, and get to bowl eligibility this season, I think it's going to do that kind of right in the back of its defense. Yeah, and quarterback, they
3: got uh, they got Emory Jones transfer from Arizona State. Do you see him as a guy, uh, maybe who can take, uh, you know, take the next step, hit a new level, maybe even just uh, as good as he was at Florida a couple years ago, or is this just, you know, the stopgap guy until, you know, the, the program uh, really starts to rebuild?
1: It's it's probably both. You know, we're getting a couple instances, even in the Big Twelve of these uh, quarterbacks who are on their third team, right? Caden Slovis at BYU, Alan Bowman at Oklahoma State. It'll be interesting to see if, you know, when these quarterbacks end up at a third school, you know, can they turn it around? Can a, a new coach kind of unlock something in them? Or by the time they get to this point, do we kind of know what they are? Cincinnati certainly hope that it can tap into that, you know, talent that Emory Jones showed back at Florida that he showed as a big-time top 100 recruit a few years ago. He didn't do well at, Florida, at Arizona State last year. He, he was also kind of used weird, and, and that place was a mess with the Herm Edwards firing and all that kind of stuff. So Scott Satterfield has had a ton of success in his past with dual-threat quarterbacks. And I think that's what he's hoping to do with Emory Jones is just you know unlock and, and use some of that running ability that they didn't really use at Arizona State uh, and, and you know use that to get play action and take deep shots down the field. And I think if he can do that, and then, and then the biggest thing for Emory Jones is just limit turnovers, limit interceptions, you know, basically do whatever you can to not lose games. I think the hope is that he's dynamic enough and the defense is good enough that that can kind of keep them in some close games to pull off some wins.
2: Justin Williams, our guest from The Athletic, we're talking Cincinnati football. Whomever uh, the schedule maker is kind of rolled out the red carpet for the Bearcats, no game against K-State. No game against Texas, no game against Texas Tech. That's a that's a pretty good situation for a first-year Big 12 team. Uh, but Cincinnati does have Oklahoma. It's very first-ever game in the Big 12 coming up uh, September 23rd. Uh, that's going to be uh, amazingly cool, I would imagine, for Cincinnati fans.
1: Yeah, there's some reports that that could be uh, the, the big noon kickoff game on, on Fox if things don't get – twitched around or flexed out by that point in in week four. And yeah, that you know, that game we talked about how much this fan base and program has wanted to get back to this power conference level. Like that game is gonna be a huge representation of it. I don't know what it's going to look like or what the vibe is going to be like in the fourth quarter, especially if Oklahoma gets up big. But I can promise you, in the hours leading up to kickoff, and, and then, you know, early in that first quarter, Nippert Stadium is going to be, you know, a really bustling place just uh, with all the excitement over that game. And I think you're going to see that carry through, through a lot of the, the games this season. You know, you're right that if anything, the schedule makers, you know, that might be their saving grace for Cincinnati this year because it could have been a lot worse. Um, and so maybe that combination of a good defense and an advantageous schedule uh, might, might work in their fever, even if that doesn't necessarily happen that September 23rd game against the Sanders.
2: And, uh, and then the second game in the Big 12 for Cincinnati is on the road at BYU. I'm guessing you could have never envisioned that three years ago, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess none of this
1: was able to be envisioned, right? <laughs> Next year we're going to be talking about Colorado and Utah and, and Arizona State and Arizona. Um, but, yeah, a, a league game on a Friday night in Provo, Utah, was not necessarily something I had on my bingo card. Um, but kind of everything about the, this past few years, whether it's Cincinnati making the playoff or, or all the conference alignment and them being part of that, uh, has kind of been a, a big and, you know, for the most part, Cincinnati got a pleasant surprise.
2: Well, we really appreciate your time uh, talking about Cincinnati football. Justin Williams from The Athletic. Uh, we'll follow your work, and uh, best of luck.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on anytime. You bet.
2: All right, there you go, a couple of Big 12 previews. It's uh, interesting talking about the Bearcats, and they do have a nice schedule. When you don't have to play Texas, K-State, or Texas Tech, that's that's not a bad situation. Oh, no, that's good. They should be thrilled with that. Still picked relatively I, low. I, I, I didn't even mention they don't also don't play TCU, uh, so they miss U- University of Texas ranked eleventh, K State ranked sixteenth, TCU ranked seventeenth, Texas Tech ranked twenty sixth. They miss all of those teams. That's uh, that's pretty uh, fortunate. You're darn right it is. I'm a little angry about They'll it. will probably have to play some of those teams in the future, but not Texas. Well, sure they will, but not this
3: year. Not this year. So who knows? It's a nice schedule for them. I've been, I've been noticing a couple movies that I should have put in my top 100. Not sure if I can sneak them in at this point and take out movies. Well, you're always
2: going to forget some movies. I know. You can't really. You, no. I went
3: through every year of the box office, though, and... Really tried to uh, make it as complete and comprehensive of a list as I possibly. You really could. shouldn't do that.
2: I mean, you shouldn't do that. Why not? Because you've already released your list. I haven't released it, but uh, I have completed it. That's what I mean. So it shouldn't happen. My app doesn't list the Boulevard Theater, Uh-oh. which is uh, kind of strange. Wonder why. I don't know. It lists the Regal Warren East, the AMC North Rock, the Regal Warren West, and B&B Theaters in Hutchinson. Uh, oh, well.
3: Well, it doesn't show it, because why would it need to? They already do great
2: business. Well, I think a, a movie is, is something I'm thinking about. Because I haven't seen Oppenheimer. And then... Well, you can go see Barbie, you can go see... Back in the day, I would have seen Oppenheimer well ahead of this.
3: Well, I got bad news.
2: It's not showing anymore.
3: It's not showing at the Boulevard Theater. Uh, You can see Barbie, you can see Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle. I've heard that's good. Uh, Meg 2, Strays, and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem.
2: What's that blue thing again? Blue Beetle? Yeah.
3: What's that about? I have no idea. It's some kind of a superhero looking
2: uh apocalyptic. Based on DC comic uh character.
3: Yeah, good for them.
2: Um stars who does it star?
3: Somebody. Somebody I've probably never heard of.
2: Zolo Maraduena. Bruna Marquezine, Susan Sarandon's in it, of course. Uh, and why wouldn't George she? George Lopez. Not many people I know. But it's Susan Sarandon there. and George Lopez. Well, sure. That's what I said. Not many people I well, know. Else, I mean, I you didn't... said nobody I know. Do you need do you need bigger stars in your movie than Susan Sarandon
3: I and said George not Lopez? not
2: many people oh, I know. Way, that's s- all I said. And I didn't, I didn't well, say yeah. I'm not going to go see it because there's not people well, I know. The, all I made, I just made the observation looking at the cast that there aren't many people after, in that movie that I know. After the two That's big actors, you're not
3: going to know a lot of the bit players in movies. But in, if I'm giving you two
2: A-listers
3: in a lot of movies, I
2: and George Lopez is not an a lister He's an A-lister. No, he's not. And so don't and complain. And Susan Sarandon no longer is an A-lister. That's
3: just insanity.
2: Well, it's the truth. You've got two megastars. How old do you guess Susan Sarandon? 74. Um, She is 76. Ah, I was going to say 77. Uh, Which is amazing. Is it? Yeah, because she's
3: been around forever. She might show up in my top 100. Really? Yeah.
2: Doma and Louise. No. You're kidding. It won't be Bull Durham either. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Well, that's a terrible list. Your list has lost all credibility
3: because I don't have. If Thelma I've never and even, Louise is not even in seen your top, Thelma and Louise, you've never even seen. Why would I see that? It came out when I was ten. Because it's a great movie. It's it's an okay movie. I, the only thing that's no, gra- you can't make it. You haven't seen it. The only thing that's great about it is part of me, part of you. The theme song by Glenn Frey.
2: No, it's a great movie. It introduces us to Brad Pitt. I um, need to be introduced to Brad Pitt. He's a great actor, and uh, it also stars Gina Davis. I know. So you can't. At- now that's three A-listers. You just said Susan Sarandon isn't. She was then. Trust me on that. Big it's star. amazing what I know that you don't. I'm constantly what amazed What did by you that? just say that you knew that I didn't? I just, it's just one thing after another. Well, in that in that part of. Every almost everything I say is something I know that you don't. And I know plenty that you don't know.
3: Give me an example. Uh everything. The price of eggs.
2: You know what is the price of eggs? 186. <laughs> per When's d- the last time dozen? you bought a dozen eggs? I don't know, it's probably been a while.
3: That's usually not my uh role at the store.
2: We always try to figure out what your role is i not at the store. I go pick up some ex- extemporaneous. That's an ongoing uh, question That's uh, for all of us. Uh, tomorrow, as I said, a couple more Big 12 interviews. We hope to get Cooper Beebe uh, from K-State as well, although we will have a K-State player on. Uh, we're just not quite sure yet who that player will be. Don't forget, KFH now your home of K-State Athletics. Uh, as we're excited about all of that. On Thursday, we'll uh, preview Central Florida and Iowa State, and on Friday, we will preview BYU and Oklahoma State. So not quite getting to the big-timers yet. What do you mean? Kind of setting the stage for
3: the relevant programs.
2: What do you mean? Uh, Central Florida, Iowa State, BYU, yeah, what do you mean? Mm. So you're throwing all that on? They don't matter. Not really.
3: Huh? They matter. I like BYU. I like their coach. She's been on Jim Rome a few times. Iowa State's going through a huge scandal. I don't know much about Central Florida outside. You know, they won the national championship, quote unquote. So those are all worthy schools. I know you didn't. I don't like.
2: You know, well, next like, week we'll hit the four Texas schools. Well, there's actually we got Houston this week, uh, but we'll hit Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, along with Kansas and Kansas State. All that uh, coming up next week as we continue uh, with Big 12 football previews. I think people are thirsty for it. I think people have enjoyed hearing about uh, Cincinnati and Oklahoma today. And they do open the season, the Big 12 season, against one another. It's going to be interesting. I'm not a big fan of realignment, but some of these new games are interesting to me. Of course.
3: They'll be interesting for a little while. Just like uh, Wichita State Rice will be interesting for a little bit.
2: i got to think about all that. i got to see what all that looks like.
3: I like it. I like the American this year in basketball.
2: Well, I like what the American is trying to do, and that's to get the four-pack-12 schools Just to come. Just let's go. Well, they don't have many other options. So is the Mountain West. And to some degree, the ACC is probably involved in that. And those four PAC-12 schools have difficult decisions to make. Uh, Will they decide just to stay in their relative uh, geographical area and join forces with the Mountain West? Or will they expand and become more of a national brand, and come to the AAC. Now, Stanford-Wichita State would be interesting. It would. Cal-Wichita State, interesting. Mm, Sort of, if Cal ever regains its stature. The number of Olympic athletes turned out by those two schools is yeah, it would be amazing. a lot more interesting to see Stanford, not that it, the men's
3: basketball matchup wouldn't be, but women's basketball, volleyball, softball, track.
2: Uh, that's where you're really getting your bang for your buck with Stanford. Who are the women's basketball teams that have some power in the new American Athletic Conference? Uh, I don't know. I don't you, know Stan? either. Who?
3: Houston's out. Yeah. Uh, did
2: you say Houston? I was trying to think. Oh, you're lucky. This show's coming to an end. Houston's out is what yeah. I said. That's no, you I, said Houston. Whole, well, I said, "Well, Houston's out." So it's no. You didn't have to, say that. They, they went last. Listen year. to the replay. Odyssey. Get the app. Download it. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.